Hi, welcome to Teen Tech Talks, where we interview tech industry leaders to learn about their jobs and get advice on how to pursue a career in technology. I'm your host, Toby Solomon. I'm a high schooler who wants to learn how to pursue a career in the technology industry. If you're like me and you want to demystify what it means to work in the tech field, this podcast is for you. Today on the show, we will be delving deep into what it takes to start and run a fast-growth, high-tech business. I'm delighted to introduce our guest, Mariah Finley. Mariah is the founder and CEO of Alum, an online styling company that works to expedite the shopping process for women. With their expansive research and data on clothes and clients, coupled with their growing community of personal stylists, Alum has systematically transformed the shopping process to become a woman's, quote, fashion partner for life, end quote. Mariah is a serial entrepreneur whose early experience in product management helped her understand the front and back end behind running a business. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Hi, Mariah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about your origin story. Mariah, this is your second successful startup. How did you come up with the idea for Loom? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I really was looking at a bunch of different startup ideas, uh, but the inspiration for this was very personal. So I had recently joined a public fashion board And whenever I would go to a meeting, I would have sort of a 13-year-old angsty moment where I didn't know what to wear and felt like silly. So I'd go to the mall and I'd go to Nordstrom and J. Crew and Neiman's. I'd be like trying to get help figuring out what to wear and it wasn't very successful. And so I was like, there must be a better solution to this. So then I started testing ads, actually saying, what if, you know, these ads that said, do you wish you had a BFF with fabulous taste to dress you? And they did super well. And that's what inspired me to start it. Wow, that's amazing. So being a CEO requires you to wear lots of hats. I know you came into this role um, with a strong technical background. So can you talk a little bit more about your motivations behind pursuing this type of degree? Yeah, so I, you know, luck is by the grace of God go I. I mean, I would argue there was a lot of luck in that. I grew up in a small town in Texas. I went to Stanford and had never really been exposed to computer science. Uh, my freshman RA in my dorm taught the intro class, so I took it and I fell in love with it. And so I ended up, t- I thought about being a math or physics major, and I found CS so fun. Like you actually got to build things. Like you had this idea, like I'll build this game and it's gonna do that, and you like did it, and then you had it. And um, it sort of fell, I actually did not have a good sort of point of view on why it'd be a good business decision, which in, now I will tell you, Everyone out there getting a degree in computer science is a very good business decision. But I did it mostly because I found the classes so enjoyable. That's awesome. So can you expand a little more on why computer science is a great um, is a great place to start when you want to go into business? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. I teach a class at Stanford with a really good friend of mine. And people, our students often ask us, and they're getting degrees in computer science. They're like, oh, should I stay and still do computer science or should I switch to be a VC or product manager right away? And the advice we usually give them is stay technical for at least a little bit. And I would give the same reason for I'd say it's very valuable to get a technical degree. Um, It's a really interesting foundation of how to think about the world. So, you know, they haven't let me write any active code in a really long time, but I have a pretty deep understanding of why things work the way they work 
how long something should take, what's going to be easy, what's going to be hard. And that if you're going to spend a lot of time working with engineers who are building things, you get a lot of credibility understanding that. Um, and there's a lot of rigor. Like it's, it's actually, there's a lot of math. It's um, There's a lot of rigor you learn about decision-making and thinking. And so I have a bias. I think it's actually easier to pick up the business stuff later, whereas it's actually really hard to pick up the technical stuff later. So um, at a very personal level, it's very important to me that, well, not everyone does it and you may not like it. And if you don't like it, don't do it. But um, one passion area of mine is particularly kind of middle school and high school girls opting out of math and science early. Um, there's so many fun jobs that you don't realize. And if you opt out early, it's, it's really hard to ever get back to them. Right. So you mentioned briefly product management, and I know that you went into that a little later in your career. So can you demystify what product management means and how did this role inspire you to become an entrepreneur later in your life? Yeah, so I think product management is arguably like, well, at least for me, the best job ever. So what a product manager does at some level is they look at the market, competition, users, needs, and they say, you know, I think the world would benefit for something that solved this problem in this way. And then they go work with a bunch of people, engineers, designers, researchers, maybe hardware people, and they help say like, well, here are all the pieces if we wanted to pull this together and create this thing. So product management is amazing. It depends what kind of person you are. But um, I'm a person who loves to solve problems and create things, and I love to dabble across many areas. So the role of the product management gets to do a little technical and a little design and a little business and a little research and a little marketing, and you're sort of the glue that holds it all together. So uh, it's a really high impact. It's a super collaborative job. So you basically you achieve your results by getting a bunch of people to work well together. That's awesome. So I'm sure you definitely use some of those skills um, in your current role now as the CEO. Yeah, and being a CEO, you know, I think there are many different types of CEO, and um, and you will likely be the version of CEO that whatever your early career was. So I am a very product-led CEO. You know, you'll meet people who grew up in sales, and they'll be a very sales-led CEO. But as a product-focused CEO, you know, I'm really focused on hiring the right team. Uh, figuring out what my users want, figuring out what the product we want is, coming up with like highly prioritized ways to deliver that, um, and just being really grounded in sort of what users' needs are and what the data tells me and whether we're doing a good job. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit, um, what are the traits or attributes you think um, are important to uh, sorry achieving success as a CEO? Yeah, you know, so I would start and say, so I'm a CEO of a startup, and previously, you know, I had some big executive roles at big companies, and there's some overlap in skills you need, but the startup CEO job actually has some really unique things. Um, you know, one, you just have to have really deep passion for what you're doing, because um, every day is slightly crazy and slightly challenging, so... The only way you can actually really do this job is if like you really, really, really want to solve the problem you're trying to solve. Um, and then in terms of other attributes, like, I do think the day-to-day -day being a CEO is this very funny combination of strategy and deep, deep execution. Like you bought between like some big strategic thought and like setting up some weird vendor to do something. Like you, you go from like 
the highest of strategy to the lowest of tactical task really quickly. Um, other skills that matter, I mean, I would say probably nothing's more important than picking your team well, like figuring out who you need, getting them excited about it, making quick decisions if they're not working out. Uh, and so I, I mean, I think it's an amazing job. You get to, it's like playing a really hard video game, but really fast because you have to make a lot of decisions all the time and they all really matter. So you mentioned your team. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that here at Illum. Um, maybe share some of the most important people you would say you work with day to day. Yeah, you know, it's um, the way I think about teams in general is like having a puzzle. So at a small company, you're trying to get all these different skills covered and you're trying to get a bunch of what I'd call attitudinal things covered. Um, and so skills is easy, like you need a head of engineering, you need a head of product management, you need a head of marketing, a head of operations, a head of finance, like functional skills. Um, then you also need to have attitudinal ones. So for instance, I have one person on my team who's super, super, super strategic. And so sees the world, sees big plate tectonics. And then I have someone on my team who just sees the details like sees what's happening with our clients or in the system and like abstracts from the bottom up, like, oh, here's what we should do, you know? And you need to have those overall attributes. You need to have optimists. You need to have people who are like happy pessimists. You know, you just, you need a kind of a blend of different types. Um, the most common attribute I found in looking at early, at hiring for startups, in particular versus when I hired at big companies, um, is that to do an early stage startup like this, you really have to have what I call fire in the belly. Like you kind of have to be willing to prove something because it is fundamentally a harder, like if you're running marketing or engineering at an early stage company, it is harder than the equivalent job at a big company. Like you have more to figure out, you have less resources. So you kind of have to have like this urge to be like, you know what, I'm gonna climb that mountain, I'm gonna figure it out. Even if it's tricky, I'm gonna rise above it. That's great. Um, so switching gears a little bit, one of the things I'm trying to do in my um, in my podcast is to break down um, how specific elements of technology are changing the face of business. So what are some of the key technologies that you use in running and growing a loom? Yeah, so um, data and analytics are probably the most important for us. So, um, you know, what I would say in general, when you run a consumer startup, um, everything's analyzed, like how you acquire customers, where they come from, how valuable are their customers, how does your product flow work, how many people get through the conversion funnel, where do they drop off? So these like detailed, detailed analytics, what are your metrics, how do you cut the metrics? So um, one thing, and then I'll talk about the other technology, but one thing I would say to the listeners is, in addition to how important it is to, I think it's really great to take some CS classes, learn about them, I would say modern business analytics is a hugely important skill. Like look at data and find the trend. And we do that across every axis of our business. The other technology that's a really critical part for what we do is recommendation engines. Um, you sometimes hear these called data science or machine learning or AI. But in essence, like ways to think about taking different groups, finding patterns, and making predictions. So for us, it's you know it's like we've saw a set of clients. 
given that set of clients, like what's the best stylist to give them? Or this client has these fashion attributes and we've had, we've experienced showing similar clients outfits. What have we learned about those outfits and what would be the best starter things just for that client to get? And so these kind of deep data learning things are a big, uh, big chunk of what we do as well. That's awesome. So in 10 years, where do you see a loom? That's a great question. I, um, and so in 10 years, so what, so we're really, we're tackling helping busy professional women uh, look and great, feel, look and feel great about their clothes. You know, I think of us as being sort of the next generation department store, but totally designed around the lives of a modern woman. So instead of walking into a Nordstrom, you know, a loom is the place that knows you understands what you're looking for, like your body, your, you know, your style, your price point, your occasions, your lifestyle. When you need to get personal service, your stylist understands you, she cares about you. In between, we're helping you find things based on your preferences. We're keeping track of your closet. You know, we're your go-to source. Um, and at the same time, I think there's, we have a really inspiring mission about helping, um, our online stylists be entrepreneurs who have flexible schedules, build their book of business, uh, develop relationships with clients, and um, you know do well and create a really interesting career in their passion area. So as you know, this podcast is geared towards teenagers interested in getting their hands dirty in the technology industry. So what advice do you have for folks like me who are looking to potentially pursue a career in tech? Yeah, so um, I mean, so one piece of advice, um, well, I guess one piece of advice, which I don't think you guys are doing, but I'm very sensitive about, is just make sure you still take the math and CS classes. Don't just don't opt out of those early because it could be hard to go back in. Uh, one resource I would suggest to everyone, if they, if your school doesn't happen to have a great computer science program, which many of them don't, um, Stanford actually puts their intro computer science classes online. It's called Stanford Computer Science 106. I um, I kind of was like a section leader where we helped teach those classes when we were undergrads. They were amazing classes. And you can follow along and watch all the lectures and take all the homework and do the whole thing. So uh, they're totally free. I would very much suggest those. Um, and then I would really embrace math. Like I know everyone's like, math, like eh, eh. But actually like come to find out my day-to-day -day job is half art. And ha well, our business is half art and half math. They don't let me do much of the art. <laughs> uh, I would say my day-to-day -day job is math and then helping make people successful. That is amazing. So Mariah, on every episode we do a quick fire round. Yeah, yeah. So I'll ask you a few short questions and I just want you to respond with the first thing that comes to your head. Are you ready? Yes. Great. So who's someone that inspires you and why? Uh, my very good friend, Jocelyn Goldfine. I teach a class with her at Stanford and she's an incredible engineering leader and um, a dear friend and like when I need advice like I once need advice on topic in like 90 seconds she broke it down gave me critical advice and like helped me wow yeah that's amazing that's a great friend to have so you talked a little bit about um, the Stanford resource online but what's a book that you would recommend for people who are excited about becoming a founder someday oh I actually really love the hard thing about hard things by Ben Horowitz he does cuss a lot just for the record but I I think he has a really great they're really short blog posts really compelling and I early in my career I worked at Netscape where Ben kind of did a bunch of early stuff and finally if you could give some advice to your teenage self what would it be 
Oh my God, how much time do you people have? Um, so I was really, I mean, I was a teenage girl in Texas, you know, raised on the wrong side of the tracks, very poor. I was so concerned about what other people thought of me. I was so concerned, like, all my friends are more popular, they have nicer clothes, they're cuter. And like, I just was so tied up in this whole girl click and like, and actually let it overly influence me. And if I could just tell myself now like that, none of that mattered. You become an adult, you have these, you end up with these amazing friends who care deeply about you and you have these really cool jobs and all of the weird girl stuff just goes away. Like the second you go to college, it's all gone. Maybe that doesn't exist anymore. So that may be like <laughs> weird, like throwback to the 80s. So I don't know. But Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mariah. This has been a great interview. Awesome. Thank you, Toby. Thank you for listening to Teen Tech Talks. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the podcast to help others find the show. We look forward to providing you with more episodes soon.